Hey guys, Ryan DeMent from Chasing Happiness Podcast. I hope you guys are having a great day. This week on the podcast, we have Adam Bird. Adam is the CEO and founder of Heroes Media Group. Adam, welcome to the show. Hey, appreciate you having me on. You are more than welcome. I know it's been a little bit of a wait, so thank you. So before we get into all your great stuff and what you're doing, can we uh, tell listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, born and raised in Wisconsin, lived in Arizona for 25 years. Uh, after high school, I joined the Arizona National Guard, Army National Guard, and uh, spent nine years there. I was a single parent for about 15 years. Worked odds and end jobs in uh, corporate America and, and uh, decided that that wasn't what I wanted. So I quit my job and became an entrepreneur and kind of, a, I guess, I guess the terminology now is a serial entrepreneur because I, I have my hands yes. in about six or seven different businesses. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really it. That's kind of me in a nutshell. Well, first of all, thank you for your service and we'll get into the things that you're doing. So that's very, uh, I'm honored. My dad's a veteran, so I'm, I'm big into that. So thank you. Uh, we were talking before a little bit about you being in Arizona. You were in Tucson. You also lived pretty close where I was living. So you're on the East coast, Pennsylvania. How many years now? Two years, three years? Now, I've been out here uh, full-time for about two years and then commuted back and forth for about five. So, Okay. So what really got – let's just jump right in. So yeah. what got you going into becoming an entrepreneur? I know I know you didn't like the job and so forth, but what, what was that sparking moment? It, you know what? I was a single parent. So it was – my son was still pretty young. When he got into um, – junior high, he was, we were living in Arizona, uh, out in Avondale and he went to a school off of Camelback. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, he started playing sports and doing some, a lot of extracurricular stuff. And it got to the point where his schedule was kind of mixing up with my work schedule. And <laughs> I was like, I shouldn't have to ask somebody's permission to go take care of my kid or to go watch my son's. So, that started rubbing me the wrong way. And, um, it got to the point where I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm, 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 I only got one, I only got one kid, uh, and I'm his only parent. Uh, other one wasn't around. So I'm going to make sure that I'm there for as much as I possibly can. So I, I quit my job. I just, I just up and, and quit my job wow. at, at the time. And, uh, I woke up the next morning and I was like, Oh crap. <laughs> I'm a single parent. I got a mortgage. I got two vehicles and I got no job and no money in the bank. Like now it like reality kicked in very quickly. Like this is a, a failure is not an option kind of a situation. And I, I call it the pucker factor real quick. Mm -hmm. just, oh. oh yeah. I think it was one of the best decisions I ever made. It, uh, it worked out. Fortunately, I, you know, I'm still here. Um, I got a roof over my head. My son's now in college and, um, so I, you know, I can't, can't complain. It's not easy. I, I'm, I'm, and I'd certainly tell people like, don't quit your job until you have your side hustle where you can get it to the point where you quit me. I was like, whatever, I'll, I'll make it work. So you had that pucker moment. So I've got to ask because I'm a, a two-time trier. So I've, I've failed twice at entrepreneurship, how to go back to corporate America. I'm on my third run close to eight years into it. And I did, I did side hustle this last time. The first two times I kind of did what you did. 
Mm-hmm. But the challenge was, it was all about this. It was greed. It was money. I, I, I didn't have my why. I didn't have a passion. Didn't really have anything. And uh, this time I did Johnny's side hustle, however you want to call it, for four years before I said, okay, it's time to quit. But I came back to corporate America from a failed business that had, I had six figures in debt. So I had to stay to get, make sure I got it paid off and be debt free, put money away that pucker moment for you. I mean, you're, you're waking up the next morning. Did you have any type of financial reserves or you were just going all in? I was broke as a joke. Like I was just like, like dead in the water, you know, like a constantly, it wasn't like I was treading water to keep my head above water. I was swimming towards the top grasping for air. And it was, um, I tell you the turning point for it really was I sat down with my pops and I'll never forget. We were down in Tucson having lunch together. And I looked at him and I said, Hey pop, I think I'm going to go back to corporate America. And, and I'm expecting him because he was very like, get a job, work for 30 years, retire, <laughs> live a little bit, die kind of a thing. It was just very cut and dry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm thinking, I'm saying this because I know that that's what he's going to tell me. And then I'm going to get mad, but I realize he's right. And I'm not going to want to admit it because my pride was getting in the way. And he looked at me. He's like, nah, I, don't, I don't think you should do that. And it took me Ooh. by. It was, I was just like, wait, wait a minute. What what'd you just say? He's like, <laughs> I think you'd be making a mistake if you went back to corporate America. He's like, I see that you're happy and you're on to something. Like, you know, I at the time. I had, I was, I had, was one half of uh, of this. The first business that we created was was the very one of the very first all veteran podcast networks around. Cool. And we built it very. It was it was successful. Uh, after three and a half years, we business partner at the time we had different visions, so we decided to go our, our separate ways. Um, and then I I got into my company now and and when I had felt like I was starting over, I was like, well, I'm not really starting over because I've been doing it for a while. So I kind of know what I'm doing. And I just kind of ran with it, but it, it was, it was my pop that said, Hey, I, I think you need to keep doing what you're doing. Cause you're, you're onto something. And having kind of that pat on the back and belief from my dad was, was kind of a big, a big push for me. And I mean, you know, my son's always been my motivation in life first mm-hmm. and, and I didn't, it's, it's okay to fail. I've taught him it's okay to fail, but I didn't want him to see me at a point where it's just like, this is everything. I found my purpose. The purpose was helping other people get to where they want to go. And I was kind of a late bloomer in life realizing what my purpose was. But now that I've found that, the money, I don't focus on the money. The money comes and goes, and it, it is what it is. And you can't take it with you when you're dead. Focus on the purpose, and, and that's going to leave a mark for generations to come, I think. And that's, that's huge because most of the individuals, and I say this, um, through my podcast, I'm getting connected with people and like guess yourself. And it's just awesome to hear your stories and what you're doing, but then listeners are are messaging me or calling me and saying, Hey, I want to be like you. And I say, you want to be an eight, you know, eight year overnight success, two time trier failure, however you want to call that. I mean, it's, there's nothing easy about owning your own business, entrepreneur, whatever you want to talk about, but your why and your passion, I mean, is, is critical in these kids today. And I say, kids, you know, we're both older, uh, you know, they want to put out a TikTok video and they think they're going to be, you know, overnight successes. 
to, you know, million followers or whatever. It doesn't work that way. And it's, it's amazing how many people that want to be entrepreneurs don't truly understand their one, their why and two, what makes them happy. And, yeah. it, and that's just life in general. We've gotten into a society that focuses too much strictly on money. Yeah. And listen, I'm not saying money's bad. I love money. A Amen. Money. Yeah. It's good. You, it's great when the bills come around, but as I'm getting a little more, as you said, we're a little bit older. So the, the more seasoned <laughs> I, I come to realize that I, I don't need the fancy cars, the big houses and all this other crap. It's, it's for me, it's what can I do to help other people get to where they want to go? Cause, and, and the other part of it is, is just enjoying what you do. And I found that if you're chasing the dollar, that's all you're going to do. You'll never be happy with what you have. You have to be grateful for what you have. And if you can help somebody get to where they want, then everything else just kind of falls into place. And you have less stress in, in your life, which is, believe me, it's great. It's just a, like a weight off your shoulder when you just focus on the purpose. If you focus on your purpose, profit will always follow. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just so true. And oh my God, man, you're, you're, you're speaking, you're speaking our language. You're speaking my language. It's, it's great that you follow that. But during those tough times, when you first started out, I mean, what really got you through? I mean, what, what pushed you? I mean, cause there's times where I ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I wanted to make sure, you know, my family was being taken care of. And of course my dogs, my dogs are, are you know, children too. So they got to eat well. But I ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and made sure that, you know, the bills were paid roofs over our head, you know, and we're warm or cool, as we say in the desert here to, you know, keep moving forward. <laughs> I like that. Cool. In the, <laughs> something that doesn't always go together. Uh, you know, what got me through was, was, uh, there was a couple of things. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in prayer and, and mm -hmm. having, just have to you just have to believe in what you're doing and you have to have faith that what you're doing. And more importantly, I think the biggest thing that people don't do is they don't listen to their gut. And, and, you know, I, I grew up going to church. So for me, I, I use, you know, faith and maybe some of your listeners can relate to this, but for me, it was a God factor is what I called it. And, uh, shockingly to some, um, I didn't always listen to, to that. I always kind of put my moral stuff aside in my, my younger 20, when I was in my twenties and late twenties. And I didn't really listen to the God factor, if you will. And it was like, Oh my gut, I never listened to my gut. And I realized probably in my late thirties that, Hey, I know what that gut feeling is. That's God telling me this is what needs to happen. And ever since I started listening to my gut, that's when my life started to change for the better and things got I won't say easier. It, they got more tolerable to where even some of the hard stuff was like, you know what? This isn't that bad. And you know what? It's only temporary. It just gave me a different <laughs> perspective on life. And uh, you're going to go through some hard times. And when you do go through those hard times, uh, as much as they suck, you got to put a smile on your face because there's other people watching. You know, for me, I had my son and I didn't want him to see like, oh, this, this is what life is like. And it's no, that's not a way to teach him. You know, you, you go through it and you understand that there's things that you go through, but show them how to get through them successfully and do it in a positive way, not a negative way. If that makes any sense. Oh, it makes total sense. The other piece, you know, you're talking about prayer, but 
some of the things that we don't do as individuals, I know I struggled with it at first was being thankful for the things that I have oh, a roof yeah. over my head, clothes yeah. on my back, food on the and, table. And see, we take things like that for granted. I think, yes. we, you know, we look at this as like, Oh, what do I have to be grateful for? Well, you woke up this morning. I'm sitting here doing an yeah. interview right now. I'm grateful for that because you know, I got a roof over my head. I got clothes. Mm -hmm. on. I had lunch today. That means I ate, you know, drinking water. So it's like, People are like, well, everybody does that. No, everybody no. does. Everybody doesn't do that. And we, it, it's, it's the little things that we take for granted, like this, having mm -hmm. a head. We take that stuff for granted so much. And if you could be grateful for things like that, you would be surprised at what the universe will do, what God will do for you, and open up other doors of opportunity just because you're grateful for the things that you have now. Yes. Exactly. And it's, I, I don't know which book it was. I, I read books and I, and I love to, you know, devour information and I like Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V certain things. He rubs me the wrong way, but he has a good message. And I love what he says about, you know, going after your happiness, passion, you know, follow with that. Why, whatever. But one of his books, and I can't remember it. I, I, I was reading it a couple of weeks ago. And he was giving statistics about things you need to be grateful for. And one of the things he talked about was there was like either 65 or 75 uh, billion people, not billion, million people in the world that don't even have access to running water. Yeah. That's almost, I mean, that's almost a third of how many people live in the United States. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. just to be thankful for something to that extent in, uh, I was talking to this younger gentleman uh, earlier this week and he wants to be a TikTok fan, you know, TikTok overnight success, whatever the case is. And he's like, well, I've only put out a couple of videos and nothing's happened. I'm like, well, what'd you put the videos out about? Oh, just me walking around my life and, you know, showing off and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, that's great. Why? Yeah. Everybody does it. Why not? You do, why don't you do something that, you know, can help somebody or bring somebody into a better place and so forth. And he's like, why would I do that? That doesn't get any views. And I'm like, oh man, that's, this is horrible. <laughs> like it, oh God. I'm not going to get on a soapbox with that one, but it, it's, hey, it's okay. It's what it's, it's here for, man. I brought it up. Go for it. One of those things where it's like, you know, finds it goes back to your passion and your purpose, right? Find what you're passionate about and you'll find a purpose. And when you find that purpose, focus on that. So if it's helping people do videos that, show that you're helping people and whatnot. I used to th have the, uh, Oh, I just lost the, the word for it. Um, imposter syndrome. Oh, a lot of people would think, you know, I I've been doing entertainment now since 2011. Okay. And I, and I still have struggled with it. Why is anybody going to want to listen to me? Well, I, you, I, you put the blinders on, you forget how far you've come and the things mm -hmm. that, in the last decade doors i've opened for other people in the last decade it that that stuff doesn't mean it really anything to me per se so i don't think it's that big of a deal and some people might think that it is if you and i guess the point that i'm getting with that was when you're talking about the doing the videos and stuff people had to push me to do video interviews just two years ago <laughs> like i just started doing video because i was more <laughs> behind the scenes guy like i got a face for radio there's a reason why i'm behind a mic and not in front of a tv camera okay like it's just that's what i do uh 
but it got to the point where you had to put that imposter syndrome aside. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm, there's somebody out there that, that could benefit from what I have to say. And, and you and I could be saying the same thing, same mm-hmm. talking about the same thing, but you say it just a little bit differently than I do. And people can resonate with that. That's why I have to, and, and, and other people may resonate with the way that I say it or whatnot. We're saying the same thing. It's just different ways of doing it. And that's, so there's, I, you know, the playground's big enough for everybody. And I think if you want to be in this business or if you want to be a, I hate using this word, but influencer or, or whatnot, just start pumping out content and, and getting yourself out there. But find a niche. Don't do it just to do it. Have a purpose that you're doing it for, if that makes sense. Oh, by far. And, and that's that's the biggest struggle that I know I had initially when I first started out was trying to find the purpose of why I was putting out content. Because most of the time it was around myself in the sense of what services we were doing or the affordable housing we were building um, or the people we served instead of just putting out a message that could resonate with people. And then the other aspect was I was never consistent and putting it out consistently every single day um, has changed. And that's four years of, of doing that. And now all of a sudden uh, I know I'm in the right place when I get the hater comments, which I'm like, okay, cool. I'm there. I don't care. I I mean, sometimes I'll respond to them if it's something I I really want to get fired up about other times, like, yeah, whatever, I don't care but I don't even pay attention to the the positive stuff either, unless it's somebody I know and they're, you know, thanking me or saying to that. Otherwise I like it, move on and, you know, call it a day. Either way, it doesn't move me, but the piece that really found its way to me uh, was the aspect of making sure that when I put something out, it's something that I'm passionate about or something I, I, I resonate with. And that, that just started a whole nother, um, aspect of our social media. Cause that started another podcast. This podcast that you're on is only seven months old and it's blown up. I've almost got a year's worth of, of guests waiting. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's just those type of things. This is just one of my passion projects. I enjoy it. Uh, and talking to guests like yourself and learning about other people, it's fun, but that's it. That's all I do it for fun and get the message out and be able to help others. Right. And here's the thing I, I do. The current show that I'm hosting myself is, uh, has been one I've been doing on and off and I'll be the first to tell you no consistency at all. And that's one of the things that I preach when I'm, when I'm talking with, to a, with new podcasters that want a podcast is consistency. But one, of, <clears throat> one of the things I, I think you can learn from each other. That's the biggest thing. Oh and yeah. That that's the beauty of doing podcasts like this is that you can, learn from the you know the neighbor down whether you're listening to somebody famous or you're learning from the neighbor across the street that's that's a cool thing about stuff like this yeah and and sharing best practices and talking to one another um a couple of the guests that i've i've brought on to both of my shows have now all of a sudden can we put together a podcasting group and and see where that takes us to where we can start helping people that are within our passion niches to where they come on the podcast, we talk to them and start giving them some help, you know, for free. Only thing we ask them is, hey, we'll shoot video and put it out on a podcast. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Never thought of it that way. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Nice. And, and it's don't charge them. They come on, tell their story, 
what they're trying to do. And then whichever one of us has that expertise, you get to work with them that that podcast. And we get to put in our our two cents for our novices on the side and see. What, I mean, for me, it's just like, man, it's just another outlet to let people uh, know that you're there, but also know that people are out there to help you and they're not going to charge you. They're not trying to gouge you. They're just trying to help you along. Like you said, give somebody another hand up and so they can move on. And that's that's the reward. Cause that all comes back and at least for me, it comes back in spades for me. Cause it makes me feel good. Right on. That's good. That's the way that, and that's what you want. And that's just life. So I, I love it. So let's get into what you're doing. I mean, let's talk about that. So what are you, I know you've, you've kind of done a couple of transitions. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing today? All right. Well, I got, uh, I'm the Founder and CEO of Heroes Media Group. It's a started off as a podcast network platform. We started off with three shows. There's over 40 shows on the network now. Wow. We also, and it's it's more geared towards community heroes. You know, I, I mentioned briefly that I had another network uh, back in the day, and then in 2015, I transitioned into what is now known as Heroes Media Group, and okay. we've grown for a full service podcast network. We help podcasters that with no experience um we help them with their editing um we do hosting and then we also have a publishing arm so we help authors write their book and then we produce their audiobooks for them uh, as well so we've been doing that since 2015. Okay. Um, i also during the pandemic i decided that my life wasn't hectic enough that i decided to start a <laughs> beverage i started a beverage company <laughs> called the HMG beverage. I've, I've had a coffee line since 2015 I had a friend of mine that got me in the coffee business. And I was like, I don't like paying full price for coffee anyway. So I'm going to just create my own. <laughs> so I did. And, uh, I would sell that under the media company for the last couple of years or use it as a promotional item. But then I was like, well, there's more to this. I wanted to get into spirits. So we have a full coffee production line, uh, with about six different blends right now. We got a couple more coming out at the beginning of the year. And then uh, last year we got into the spirits. So we have a, uh, a bourbon whiskey and a gin um, as well with our beverage company. Uh, we have a distributing company that's uh, in the works. It's, it's up, but uh, we're just waiting on another license that we, that we need. So that's been a learning experience to say the least. Um, and then we have a, uh, 501c3 that's pending that we should have back here in another week or two so oh man you just hit my you just hit me on the head 501c3 i started one last year and i'm still waiting yeah yeah what we, a mess yeah it it was uh that's been a a, a process a two-year process uh, just trying to get stuff in and uh and, and whatnot but we're we're supposed to hear back here we were told uh, here within the week we should we should have the stamp of approval and then um uh, i'm a partial owner of uh, a couple other organizations i do a suit company with a friend of mine uh, called jb auto clothiers we suit up transitioning veterans so oh uh, cool we work with a nonprofit organization based out of tampa florida called team auto and i believe we've done somewhere in the realm of fifty thousand dollars this year of suits that we've uh, fit to made custom suits for the transitioning veterans so wow if you don't mind me asking go back to the 501c3 because this is yeah. kind of my my struggle and maybe you can help i mean you're saying it's been have you submitted it to the irs two years ago and you're just getting it back now 
had some back and forths with the IRS, and then it's it's kind of like it's not always what you know, who you know, uh, kind of thing. So if you have direct contacts, you you kind of lean that way uh, a, a little bit. But we had we had filed it a few times, and we got kicked back like, "Hey, you're missing this, so you got to do this." <laughs> Actually, one time was uh, we, you know we started it off as like a don't quote me on this. I think it was like an LLC or something. And then we were transitioning it into a 501. Like, hey, yeah. What you, they don't do that anymore. That changed like two years ago or something like that as we were filing. So um, I ended up just, you know, I, I have an accounting firm that, that works uh, closely with us and, and he's uh, he works with the IRS closely. So it's kind of like, here you go. I mean, let, let me know what you need from me. I might need to reach out to you off uh, after the podcast because uh, literally I submitted mine November of last year. And, you know, if when you go to the IRS website, when you put in, where's my 1023 application, it tells you, I mean, they've, they've, what's that? Is is it not showing when you put your information in? It won't, it's not showing, but I haven't even been contacted. So Let's talk offline. And yeah, I'll, that's that's fine. Cool. Thank you. That would that would be very helpful because that is what we're going to use for our financial literacy. So the affordable housing piece, majority of the people that come to us, unfortunately, are unbankable um, mm-hmm. and they need some financial literacy and, and given the tools to succeed and not play in these. I call them secondary black holes of credit and, and just it, it's just crappy. So uh, I want to be able to provide those services to them so they can get themselves a leg up. And whether, whether it be, even if they don't even buy a house, whether they want a better job, they want to go back to school. I mean, anything to that extent, we can help them with. I just got to get that 501c3 approved. Too easy. So um, can we talk a little bit about heroes and what the definition of a hero is in, in, in your, your group yeah, and so forth? So to us, heroes, um, we define heroes as community heroes such as we have a military and our veterans and I'm always going to be close because being a veteran myself, law enforcement, firefighters, first responders, people in the medical community, but uh, educators, teachers um, as well. And then there's a clergy piece in there as well. I've got family that uh, have been firefighters. They're my, you know, my little brothers in law enforcement. Um, I was a certified uh, teacher for, um, Arizona. I taught at uh, Glendale High for a couple of years um, back okay. in the day, and um, I really kind of got to see what teachers kind of have to go through um, and whatnot. And, and they're just—it's an underappreciated uh, job out there. So, you know, I, I think uh, you know, last couple of years has been kind of hit or miss and don't watch the mainstream media and certainly don't believe everything that you see. But um, that's what we consider heroes is our community heroes are the people that are out there every day. You know, your law enforcement, your firefighters and first responders, people who work at the hospital, et cetera. But then you have your teachers that are out there as well. And, you know, teachers go through a lot of crap that people don't realize. And then, uh, you know, we, I added the clergy piece in there because I think, you know, you look at our currency, it says in God we trust. And if you, you know, we have a, you see a couple of flags behind me uh, and, and whatnot. And, and one back up over here says, uh, you know, one nation under God. And, you know, when did we decide that it's not polite to talk about God or religion and stuff in public anymore? So we're kind of pulling that stuff out of um, 
the public's eye. And I, I think is a mistake. I think we need to, I think certainly now more than ever before that we, we really kind of need God in, in, in the communities. So. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a dynamic changing, uh, world we're living in. And it seems like if you have a differing opinion, you, uh, as they say, get canceled out and it's just like, you know what, man, I don't always have to agree with you. doesn't mean you're a bad person. doesn't mean I'm a bad person. just means, okay, great. God bless you. I mean, you got, you have the freedom to do that. Yeah. I, I I certainly have met my fair share of people like, well, I don't agree with you. Great. That's let me buy you coffee anyway. You you know what I mean? Yeah. That that doesn't, just because you don't agree with me, it doesn't hurt my feelings. You believe because we live in a free country and you're, that's, that's the beauty of it. But Here's the thing. We don't have to agree on everything, but that doesn't mean we can't respect each other. Correct. And, and we've become such a society that has, I'm going to watch my mouth, but it, it's it's gotten weak where, oh, well, I don't agree with you, so F you or do this or do that or whatever. And that, like, I'm offended by what you said. I'm offended that you're offended. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and the next thing you know, everybody's trying to trump their offendiveness. It's like, wait, are you serious? Like, yeah. Give me a break. Like, come on. I mean, your, your, your feel goods are, are, you know, so small and infinitesimal that, I mean, just cause you don't, I mean, you don't agree. It, I mean, I don't know how to describe that other than it's, it's, it's dumb. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's flat out dumb. I mean, it's, I'm okay. I mean, you know what, if you, if you want to do whatever you're going to do, as long as you don't affect my family, loved ones and so forth, go for it. If you want, if you want to do something, go for it. But you've got to understand there's repercussions of, for your actions. And I think that's also been lost too, is there's no accountability. I mean, uh, I'll give you an example. I was in your backyard in Tucson over the weekend and everywhere you look around the trail system, there was probably anywhere between five to 10 homeless and homeless encampments. And I'm not talking about one or two people talking five, 10, 15, 20. And they had some pretty elaborate setups. One had a full blown tent where they had a television and a generator going. I'm like, what are we gotten to? And then there's people literally riding their bikes down the trail and they're being accosted by them. It's like nothing gets done about it. Yeah. No. And, and <laughs> Yeah, I got you. I got yeah. you. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those, you know, we're, 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 we're walking the fine line. It's all right. Yeah. But that's just, that's just life in general, but that's, that could take us back to what we're talking about is, I mean, when do we have, when do we hold ourselves accountable for what we're doing, how we're doing it? But then the other piece of it is, is entrepreneurship. If you can't hold yourself accountable for actions you take, how can you actually be an entrepreneur, be a leader, lead others? and show them what should be done versus what's not being done, but you can't do it for yourself. I mean, that's, I, I scratch my head on that one. Yeah. There's, well, there's a lot there. Um, go for it. <laughs> I, well, I'm trying to figure out the best approach to take this. I, I think as an entrepreneur, if something breaks down in your company, it's, it's your fault, period. Yes. And, and the reason, and the reason why that, you know, Jocko willing, uh, mm-hmm. the, you wrote a book on, on like leadership and it, it comes down to your communication. People aren't, if you have people that work for you as, as we have several in, in our organization, both organizations, if they're not doing what you're, 
what you've asked them to do, it's because they don't understand fully what you've asked them to do. And that was a hard pill for me to swallow to begin with because I couldn't understand. Like, God, I'm just I'm asking you to do your job. Do, <laughs> do your freaking job and, and you'll get paid and everybody's, you know, you'll be happy. Your family will be happy. I'll be happy. And that's it's the kumbaya and all that other stuff, right? <laughs> and then it was like, well, it got to the point where it was like, okay, what part of the job don't you understand? I wasn't approachable. And that hurt, it kind of hurt my feelings, quite frankly, is like, because I'm a pretty nice guy once you get to know me, but I wasn't approachable because it was like, well, you know, he, he, he just, it seems a little intimidating and I, I don't want to make him mad. So we're just going to do what we can. And if it gets messed up, then we'll figure it out. No, talk to me, communicate with me. What do you need from me so I can help you do your job better? If you don't understand something, I need to know so we can figure out the best way that makes it easier for everybody. And then, then, then the job gets done correctly. And once I took that ap approach, life got a whole lot easier. People were easy. You know, people were calling me if they had questions and whatnot. I kind of had the, you know, that open door policy. Mm -hmm. If you guys need something, text, you got my phone number, text me. I might not call you back right away, but if it's an emergency, blow up the phone, you know, and, and there's never, <laughs> There's never been a time where there's been something emergent, and when something went wrong, it was it was always like we usually got it fixed, and it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal. Anyway, it was more just like, hey, we just want to make sure we're doing this right. Yep, that's cool. Yeah, make it happen. You know, kind of a thing. So, from an entrepreneur side of things, I think if you have people that work for you, the biggest thing is communication, because if you don't have it, you're gonna you're gonna break down. You, you know, they say you're just as strong as the weakest link. Let me tell you mm -hmm. something. The people that work for you, they're not, the, they're, they're the strong link. The weakest link is you. You got to look in the mirror and you have to put your pride aside and you have to do all that other crap. Just like, it's your fault. Deal with it. Now, if you keep explaining stuff, there are going to be those special few that won't get it, won't comprehend it. And, or you have, unfortunately there will be, you will run into people that just don't want to do their job. Yeah. Regardless, I mean, that's, that's life. That's part of being a business owner. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you deal with that, you know, when, when that time comes, but. Yeah. I mean, the open door, I learned that very early on in my corporate career. I, I had a good boss that, you know, closed me into his office and said, okay, told me all the problems I had the, uh, I was not approachable. You know, people thought I was scary, whatever. This is very early on in my career. And, one of the things he taught me many things, but the thing I, I still live by and I had on the back of my door of every office that I was in, in corporate America is put brain and gear before mouth opens yeah. and learn very quickly, put it in place, get it going and mm -hmm. then start, you know, filtering it out because it, there was, there was zero filter and that, and it just didn't work in corporate America. No. And, it, and it's, it's some great things that, you know, I was taught in corporate America is, you know, a huge difference between a manager and a leader. Uh, and I was the type of guy, you know, once I started learning these things and was taken under his wings, his wing, um, I was a guy that's out on, I, I ran call center. So collections, originations, customer service. I was out there sitting on the floor with the agents, frontline agents, listening calls, plugging in, taking over calls. And all of a sudden with that happening and being consistent in my um, approach, 
all of a sudden everything started opening up and I have my managers coming to me, you know, tell me what's going on in the communication, as you said, just opened up and started flowing yeah. and it's changed the trajectory of one, my career, but two progress, but performance, my teams yeah. outperformed other teams, head heads and tails every single month. Um, and it boiled down to me owning it, me changing, and then holding people accountable. You're going to have those tough conversations. Right. Um, it happens. I mean, 20% of your staff is going to be 80% of your time because they just don't want to work. It, it's just life. I mean, if you understand that you go through it and you move forward, but until you fix the problem, like you said, is you or me, nothing gets, nothing gets resolved. Nothing changes. And it's hard for us as, as human beings to actually accept and realize yeah. we're the yeah. problem. Yeah. We get pride gets in the way and yeah. or at least my, mine did speaking from experience, my pride got in the way. And, uh, yeah, I was just like, yeah, this, this isn't, you know, I don't understand why these people, are, I don't understand why, you know, it's, I'm waiting on these people and this and blah, 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 you know, pointing the finger. And then it was like, Oh, wow. Yeah. That's not them. I gotta be looking in the mirror and pointing the finger at myself. And when you do that, boy, it's, it's a punch in the gut. That first, first come to realization is a real punch in the gut. Um, but then it was just like, all right, I got to embrace this and I, I want to change it. Cause you, if you want to grow your business, <laughs> the, so the sooner you can put your pride aside and just embrace that when things go wrong, it's 99.9% .9 of the time, probably your fault embrace it that way you can fix it and and you'll grow and things will become less stressful and you'll be able to move forward quicker and that that ownership is is huge but some people and i just say this are afraid to have those accountability conversations to us whether it be in corporate america or entrepreneurship if you don't do that with those individuals that you're struggling with uh you're going to set yourself up for failure also and and doesn't mean that you don't care and it doesn't mean that you don't want them to succeed. But if you don't really have those conversations and sit down and say, okay, Johnny, I, I've, I've given you an SOP. I've trained you myself. I've walked you through the process. You're still not getting it. What's going on. And if they can't come up with an answer, unfortunately you have to go the other route and say, okay, we're gonna have to start putting you on corrective counseling or we're gonna have to work you down that road. But those conversations um, lack sometimes in, in the entrepreneur space, at least from the individual I speak to and I, I network with, have you noticed that in the entrepreneur space? But here's the thing. It doesn't have to. You okay. hire, let, let, let's use this as an example. Let's, let's say you hire, you're hiring somebody. Yep. If you're hiring somebody new, you're setting that base, that foundation and that expectation from the beginning. Yep. So, if you're setting that expectation from the beginning and the person isn't performing and you have to go to counseling or whatnot, it shouldn't be a surprise to them because you've already set that expectation. It's when you don't set the expectation at the beginning and then you end up here and they're surprised. Like, I don't understand what I'm doing wrong or this net. That. Well, that's, that's on you because you didn't set the proper expectations before. You oh, by far. But put them out on the floor. Yeah, by far. I, I totally agree. I, I just, I know from my personal experience and then my prior life, we could give all the training in the world to some people and it just didn't work out. And, and it was a bad hire. So that you, you go back to the, the front end of it, it was a bad hire. 
Right. And then you have to look at that. So, I mean, it ultimately becomes your, you know, your issue, your problem, but you're trying to give them every tool to succeed. Right. It just, you didn't match them up on the front end. So it's, it's that, that's a tough one. So your, your group of, of heroes and so forth, are they all teachers, all military veterans? Are they first responders? No, we got, we got quite a few who, who are a lot of people on the network are, are veterans that have shows on the network. Um, we've got a couple of law enforcement people, uh, teachers, but it, there's also quite a few clients that we work with that aren't on the website that we work with that are, are not in that, those careers, but they support the community heroes. All we at to be a part of our network, we just ask that you support community heroes. You're not out there okay. bad mouthing cops or, or, or this and that, you know, some, and that can be easy to, to do in any one of those fields, but, you know, every field has a bad apple. It doesn't make that career or the people that work in that career path bad because of one person. So we, we just ask that you support community heroes to be a part of our, our network. And and usually those are the, those are the company companies because we work with several big companies and, and uh, government contracts and whatnot. But uh, from an individual standpoint, we ask people to just be supportive of the, our community heroes. That's cool. I mean, that's, that's to have a community that you believe in and it's your passion is, is a big calling. And that's, that's, I can't say enough. That's I've seen your website looks really cool. What you guys are doing. Uh, we'll link that in the show notes for sure, but back to let's talk about, you know, your spirits and, and the clothing piece are the two that kind of other piqued my interest. <laughs> The, let's go to the, the, the spirits first. So what got you into spirits? I mean, what, I mean, is this buddy of mine? I got a buddy of mine that's been in, in that has a vodka for, I don't know, as long as I've known him, a dozen okay. years, you know, about 12 years or so. And, um, I've always kind of wanted to dib dab in it. I, I, when I dream, I dream big. And he was just <laughs> like, you could do like a gin. Cause nobody's really doing that. I was like, nobody drinks gin. That's why nobody's doing it. <laughs> but then I was, but then I'm thinking like, I'm going to be the one guy that does it and everybody's going to drink it. And, yeah. uh, I was, I'm not a big drinker. I'm actually, I'm allergic to alcohol, but it, uh, wow. So it makes me a cheap date. So it, uh, it works <laughs> out, it works out. Um, but, uh, I was like, yeah, let's give it a shot. So I did. Um, after about two years of, of talking with different distillers and whatnot, we have a distiller down in, uh, Tennessee and, uh, we started with the gin and it was, I didn't want it to, uh, we tested out a lot of different gins, um, and, and talked to actually professional judges in the business that would taste gin. And I was like, what do you guys look for and this and that? So I didn't want a London dry type gin. I wanted like an American type of gin. So and I wanted it to make it easy to mix with cocktails and stuff. So we did. We created, uh, after doing about three test runs, we, we got the recipe down and we started bottling it, started selling it. It's going to be found in Tennessee and Missouri currently. It's soon to be online here, hopefully before Thanksgiving. Cool. And it'll be available in 42 states. And then we have a, a bourbon that we're working on. Uh, we only do about 100 bottles of that a year uh, right now. So it's very, very scarce. But we got uh, 2022 bottles will be coming out here in about a week. And then, um, I plan on, you know, 
building that line over the next couple of years. And then we have a, our coffee line, our coffee line we've had for a long time. Uh, and we worked with a different roaster for, we've had a roaster for the last several years, but they, they decided to close their doors and file bankruptcy <clears throat> uh, the day before they told us that they were doing that. Oh, wow. Um, so I had a vision, if you will, like, how, how, how am I going to, you know, I can't, not have my coffee in the morning. What am I going to do? <laughs> uh, so I decided, like, instead of just going to buy coffee at the store, hey, I'm going to bring the coffee in-house, and we're just going to mass produce it ourselves because that seems like the smart idea and the financial responsibility that I, you know. So we we did. We brought it in-house, and <laughs> now, we're, now we're roasting our own coffee, and uh, and um, it's that's been fun. I I, I absolutely love it. And uh, the money, the money that we make from our coffee and our spirit lines, we we donate that stuff at the end of the year. We'll pick a couple of different charities and we donate that money to charity uh, to help out the heroes community. That's awesome. And then the the clothing, the clothing, the suit piece when it yeah. comes to that group. How did you guys get connected? In in oh. if there's veterans listening. Uh, so, how could they, how could they, uh, take advantage and, and be able to reach out? Yeah. So if, um, you can follow us, um, the suit company is called JB auto clothiers, JB A T D O clothiers. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. We'll get it in there. You go to JB auto clothiers.com. You can find us on, on social media as well. Uh, we just launched the website literally like two weeks ago and what we do there is you're getting a custom made suit. That's wow. made. We do a, we come to you or you come to us and we, it's a fit to made is what they call it. And mm -hmm. we have 150 patterns that you could choose from. And then in, you know, special stitching, you know, different types of buttons, you can customize the inside of your jackets or your vest uh, and whatnot. And, and these suits um, go for about $1,500 off the rack. If, if you were to buy it, we're, we're not, we're not that expensive. Uh, our suits are probably run in the range of between nine fifty and, and, and a thousand. Uh, if you're, if you're working with us directly, if you're a transitioning veteran that's out there listening, go to team auto team auto is a nonprofit that we partner with down in, they're based out of Tampa, Florida. And what we're going to be doing in 2023 is that we're going to be doing suit up events. If you can get so many people, at your event, we'll take it into consideration coming out and doing a two-day event where we will suit you uh, in your location. But there, there's certain criteria that we have to that you'll have to meet for that, and you can email the website and, and get all of that the details on that uh, and whatnot. But that's that's you know this year, like I said, we've done close to 60, 40, 40 to sixty people uh, somewhere in that realm um, just this year alone. Um, so it's so it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I like to dress up every now and then and look dapper, you know? So it's, uh, it, and the, the important thing about it is when you're in the military, you, you have a, a, a uniform that you wear, right? Mm -hmm. So when you, the, the military, we want to give you that, that uniform, if you will, for your job interview or whatnot, make you feel, you know, like for civilian life. Yeah. I totally. That's, that's a really, that's a really awesome analogy. You got your uniform in, in military life. Now we're giving you uniform in, in civilian life. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really cool. Man, you, you're into a lot of stuff, man. We could be talking for hours. So uh, we're getting close to here to wrapping up, but how can everyone get a hold of you? What's the best yeah. way? Thank you for that. Social media is always the best way to reach us. If you go to uh, all the social media platforms, you can find Heroes Media GRP or HMG Beverage. Or if you like to suit stuff, you can go to JB Auto <laughs> uh, as well. You find us on all the social media platforms uh, there with those. Cool. Um, the other the other aspect of of all this is you you're doing so many great things for a community that you care and and love for. What is one thing if you if you could help uh, an inspiring entrepreneur or somebody transitioning out of the military? What's that one thing that you'd want to tell them today if they're listening? Do it. Take that first step. A lot of people hesitate with it. You got to believe in and more than one thing, but one, you have to do it. Two, you got to believe in yourself, have faith in, in believing yourself and just keep moving forward. Uh, it just takes one step. That's it. You just got to take that first step. One step forward and, and you just keep putting one in front of each other and you just keep going. You don't, you don't look back. You got to live in the, the current day. We, we have a, a struggle with looking back at our failures and defining us. And, and that's the thing. When you look at your failures, be grateful for those. As crazy as that may sound right now. It is. Grateful for your failures because it's helping you get to where you want to go. It's showing you, hey, can't do that because that's not working. So come at it from a different angle or come at it from this angle here. So enjoy the failures because here's the thing. It's a number. Here's a, I'll use a sales analogy. It's numbers, right? Yeah. I did education for many, many years there in in in, uh, in Phoenix. You had to make 80 phone calls. Out of the 80 phone calls, I could tell you I'd talk to five people. Out of those five people, I'd close at least two. So if I wanted two people, I know I had to dial that phone at least 80 times and talk to at least five people. It's a, it's a numbers game. So if you yeah. fail, great, because that means you're one step closer to your success. That is awesome advice, Adam. It's uh, if we all could take that away and actually bottle it up and say, okay, that's what we're going to do and go after it changes. A lot of things that are going on in the world, but I mean, that's for another, that's, that's another show we could go into. So, sir, thank you for coming on. It's been an honor. It's been a great conversation. Um, and thank you for everything you're doing and thank you for your service. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate the opportunity. You're more than welcome, sir. Have a good one. You too.